going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Tuesday afternoon. Whoa. I kind of feel like I was in an episode of Dallas. I know I'm dating myself. Do you remember when they thought Bobby was dead and it was all a dream? Wow. What happened? I mean, yesterday at this time, we were talking about incredible turnouts at the polling stations. It looked like we were going to see the first incumbent mayor in our city go down to defeat. That didn't happen. Mayor Nancy holding on for another term. And I know you have plenty of opinions on it. That's why I want to take this hour, first of all, to talk with Lori Williams. Of course, Lori was just on our news. That girl is everywhere. Associate <laughs> Professor of Political Science at Mount Royal University. Hi, Lori. Hi, Angela. I'm going to give you more than the 30-second clip that people just heard in the news, okay? I want to have longer sentences from you. Sure, that's not a problem. I'm an <laughs> academic. <laughs> and actually, I think it was Mary Nancy who said this election, he wanted to talk in full sentences, which was mm-hmm. kind of a shot through this whole campaign. Uh, okay, when the results were coming in, Lori, what was your reaction? Well, we knew it was going to be relatively close, and it was probably going to come down to voter turnout. Um, because of the conflicting polls, um, I, I, I was sort of looking at if, if were there any sort of trends and it looked like the polls were tightening. And I watched the behavior of the candidates and looked to me like they thought it was a pretty tight race. And indeed it was. Unfortunately, the public polls um, aren't as detailed as accurate. Um, and and so the, the internal polls that they're doing are more accurate. And, and we were getting a pretty good sense that it was a close race from that. Um, I think the reason it turned out to be just a little bit of, of, a, of a bigger um spread than I was expecting it to be. And certainly in terms of numbers of votes, it looks huge, but percentage-wise, not enormous at all. Yeah. Um, but but a little bigger than I was expecting. Um, and that's precisely because people just came out in droves to vote and more more of Nenshi's people came out than, than uh, Smith's. And first of all, you're right. I, I was surprised when I heard today that it was 58% for voter turnout because I, I thought we'd get into the low 60s when we heard about the lineups and the advance mm-hmm. polls and everything else. So I was kind of surprised by the 58% as well. And, and I want to go back to that idea of the poll because we know Main Street said, well, something happened. We got it wrong. I mean, they mm-hmm. obviously don't get it right all the time. But do polls drive people to vote? Do they drive them away from voting? I, I, I sometimes wonder if there's a herd mentality if you're hearing, oh, Bill Smith, he's leading. Well, he should be the guy I pick, so yeah. I should go and vote for him. Well, what's that, the mentality? That, that, does happen. Yeah. Yeah, that does happen sometimes. It's it's the horse race sort of thing, and people like, like to be aligned with a winner, and so if they think somebody's ahead, uh, sometimes that motivates them to go right. and vote. Uh, sometimes if you if you see somebody ahead that you don't like, that'll motiv- motivate you to go out to vote because you know that your vote is important to the candidate that is uh, is your choice. Right. Um, and if uh, if it looks like it's a runaway election, some people won't bother voting at all because you know they don't think their vote's going to make a difference in this race. People, I think, had a very good sense that it, it would make a difference, that it was going to be a close race. And again, looking at the raw numbers doesn't really tell the whole story. This was really quite a close election, much closer than we've seen in a very yeah. long time. And those vote, every single vote did matter. But the other thing, I think, uh, in, term, in terms of the total number, 58% is pretty pretty healthy. Um, but part of the reason why it looked like there were so many more people uh, was because we don't get this kind of uh, turnout in civic elections very often. Mm-hmm. And because some of those polling stations didn't have enough ballots, uh, that slowed down the process. It might have looked like there were even more people uh, voting than, than appeared uh, 
there actually were. Because it was just such a slow process. Yeah, and yeah. Then, of course the city's got to look at that pretty carefully. I mean, I, I, the fact that they didn't have enough ballots, even though they had them printed, they just weren't at the polling stations. And the fact that some ballots went to the wrong polling yes. stations, this is just inexcusable. Well, and I know we've heard from Laura Kennedy, and uh, she's saying, it, you know, giving all the reasons why it happened the way it did. They were talking about security issues, so they didn't want to mm-hmm. have too many ballots at different polling stations. Well, and then the problem is then they're worried about rush hour traffic. It just sounds so archaic, especially, and, and I read so many tweets, people saying, this is the city that's trying to attract Amazon, and we can't even do an election right. Laura yeah. Kennedy did mention that I think she'd previously been in Edmonton that does electronic balloting, and she says she's going to be making that kind of a recommendation for the city of uh, City Hall. How important is it that we change this system uh, from the counting one ballot at a time? Well, it's it will help some of the problems that we saw last night, but it won't help um, the problem of not having enough ballots at, at a at a polling station. Mm. Uh, that sort of thing. They've got to have better communication pro- protocols, be able to to um, notify far enough in advance that they've got a problem so that the the um, the ballots can be delivered in a timely way. If you know it's rush hour, you know, some kind of um, uh, predictor or, or calculation of the rates that people are showing up and saying, just as a precaution, we need votes, more votes or sorry, ballots yeah. than, than we currently have. Now, I know I, I voted at an advanced poll for university and they ran out of ballots, but I, you know, I waited 10 minutes, maybe it was a big deal. Last right. night it was. Some people couldn't vote because there wasn't a ballot there when they had the time to do yeah. so. And that should not happen. In a close race, that can really undermine the legitimacy of the election. Well, right. And we're getting lots of texts because in the end, um, Mayor Nenshi had 51 support of the vote. Is mm-hmm. that the number I'm reading? So 51 percent. Yep. So... <laughs> Uh, you're still coming out as as divisive as that campaign was. This is still a divisive result then. You've got 49% who weren't in favor of Mayor Nenshi. That's right. Uh, They were divided as to who else they would have chosen. Yes. But yeah, they were. And and this is a message the mayor needs to hear loud Mm -hmm. and clear. Uh, It's very important that he takes seriously why people were upset and angry. They uh, they really dislike the uh, sort of the negative, critical, sort of biting remarks. Um, they're not helpful. They're not uh, conducive to collaboration, cooperation, or even work, working out differences. And uh, I ran into him actually outside of a TV station earlier today, and, and he, he thanked me for my remarks about the good things he can do. And I said, yeah, but here's the other part. <laughs> Very important that that even though lots of things happened during this campaign that were upsetting, the focus now has to be on on um, putting that behind you, putting all the differences and the issues behind you and moving forward. Just got to go there. Well, and, and I know uh, I'm going to play a longer conversation he had with Gord Gillies earlier today, and people have heard, you know, am I going to change? Well, I'm still going to fight for Calgarians. I, it, it's... It's almost as if Calgarians just want him to say, you know, I'm going to do my best to watch my tone. But maybe he's being honest and saying, this is who you've got. Well, I mean, everybody has a certain amount of self-control. And like I say, I get the frustration. It doesn't take a lot to just sort of pause and count to 10 or whatever technique works for you. (laughs) Um, And sometimes Calgarians appreciate him speaking out 
um, against sort of the, the, the general public opinion, um, sort of challenging the, the, the group think on some things, or certainly advocating for us, that is Calgarians, against those who, who don't uh, put our interests first. There we like him to fight for us, I think, but, yeah. but still want civility, we want respect, and, and it, well, the, the thing is it's quite clear he's capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. That is best, that's what people like about about Nehadechi, if they like anything at all. I know some people from this vote don't, but but he's got the capacity to do um, really good sort of team building, um, um, consultation, drawing uh, ideas and, and uh, innovations out of out of people he works with. We, we've seen that. I've seen it uh, at Mount Royal University. So you know, those are good talents. Those help you politically. Well, use those and yeah. put the other stuff in your back pocket. Let's take a break here because I want to find out, Lori, when we come back, his first order of business. What does he have to do? as he tries to maybe build some bridges. Lori Williams is my guest. She is Associate Professor of Political Science at Mount Royal University. And you can text us. I'll be opening up the phone lines at 3.30 as well, 403-974-8255. Back after this. Talking about yesterday's election and at 3.30, definitely want to hear from you. I'll open up the phone lines, 403-974-8255, and I'll also take your text so you can fire those off. Lori Williams, though, is my guest this half hour, Associate Professor of Political Science at Mount Royal University. So, Lori, uh, what are some of the, the top things that Mayor Nancy has to take on um, now that he's the mayor for a third term? Well, the first thing, uh, first order of business that's going to be tough for the newcomers is to, to work on a budget. Um, a lot of challenges there, um, and with newcomers, a lot of things that need to be learned. But I think there are opportunities there for um, for I don't know, encouraging, even mentoring some people, um, and, and, and trying to, to. I think a number of counselors have, have gotten a pretty strong message that that their support is down, and that and that seems to signal that people want council to function better than it's been doing. Um, and it's pretty sobering, I think, for some of them. They looked like they were losing for part of the night. Um, some didn't know until the wee hours that they'd actually won their seats. And I think a lot of Calgarians were saying they want that council to be a bit more effective, a bit more um, focused on solutions and less on less on the differences and the infighting. Well, the big thing, as you say, is uh, getting through a budget. And we heard it loud and clear that when it comes to property taxes, Calgarians have had enough. So mm-hmm. th- there's, I know there's this... Uh, uh, toss-up between what the economy is doing, uh, what we're getting for revenue, uh, where we have to set our property taxes. And and we had a lot of the politicians saying, well, we've got the property tax freeze now. What have we got going into the future? Looking at the non-residential property taxes. This is a huge decision for the councillors. Yeah, it is. And it's quite complicated. And there are a lot yeah. of frustrations and limitations they're working within. Not going to be an easy, um, easy sell. Um, it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of a lot of learning. Uh, and uh, as tough as it is, at least there's a cushion this year. And uh, Marinetti has been saying through the campaign that he's going to cap increases at five percent for those who've got property values that have gone up, um, businesses in particular. That helps for this year, so that yeah. you know they can push this down the road a bit. But unless uh, revenues start to increase, unless we get more. Uh, more coming in from those downtown buildings um, next year is even going to be tougher. Yeah, and then when we don't have the downtown offices, then we've got that load being pushed onto the commercial businesses and the non-residential property taxpayers outside of the downtown core. So yeah. you can understand why there is so much frustration. How uh, big of a an issue is the arena going to be? 
Well, I think it will be an issue because, I mean, they're limited funds and, and um, they've got to somehow manage to, to balance whatever value might come from an arena against what it's going to cost the city. Um, however, um, I think the, the way that this is handled by people on the flame side has um, has probably generated more more sympathy for council in general. I mean, whatever people may think of Mayor Nenshi, um he came out better than Ken King in that dispute because he said, look, you know, um, we are using taxpayers' dollars. We've got to be responsible. And it was, a, it was a reasonable offer. We're willing to negotiate, but, you know, we can't give you what they got in Edmonton. The economy is different. The conditions are different. We're going to have to work out a, a different kind of deal. The, the um, tweets that were sent out by a couple of Flames officials today, one comparing Nancy to Donald Trump, and yesterday, uh, Gordon Norrie, he's the president of sports property sales and marketing, endorsing Smith um, makes them uh, um, people. I think are probably raising questions about about you know, bias or yeah. wanting to take advantage of the of the situation. So so whatever uh, appeal that new arena has um, is being offset by the behavior of some of these senior officials. How much does Bill Smith, and Bill Smith says he's not going away, that he will mm-hmm. probably be resurfacing in some capacity. A big contentious issue was the fact that Mary Nancy kept talking about who's funding your campaign. And Bill mm-hmm. Smith, rightly so, the rules are he doesn't have to release that list until a certain time after the election. But is it? does anyone need to know now who was funding Bill Smith or is that still very important? Well, he has to tell. I yeah, mean, that, exactly. That has to be disclosed after uh, now that the election's over. There's a time limit. He's got to get that information right. out. Um, and I guess some of those questions will be answered. But I think um, if you go to the Stampede grounds, it's Smith signs. We've got you know officials that look like they're supporting Smith. It, it raised questions. I don't think it helped Bill Smith either, uh, but it raised questions about whether uh, he was too close in in some way to either um, being in favor of the of the arena or too close to some of the people who who wanted. Um, more on the on the flame side or, or the sports uh, organization right. for that. Right. Well, and as I said, you're right. I, we know we have to find out, but I'm just curious if he's going to come back into public office in some way, if uh, that's going to be held against him. But we'll we'll see. We'll cross that once we see the list of who his donors were. I, yeah, I think if he were to run again, and this is a lesson learned, I think it would be um, the sort of thing where you plan in advance. You tell your donors, look, I'm going to disclose before the election. Right. If you don't want to be publicized, don't giving to my campaign okay before you go um i I want a a longer answer on this one because a lot of uh political pundits were saying this is really the conservatives opportunity because we know bill smith former pc president um obviously had strong ties to the conservatives this was the conservatives opportunity to get a foothold in at least municipal politics because they've lost it at the provincial level at the federal level what do we read from the fact that bill smith lost do we read anything more into this or is this apples to oranges when we look down the road at our own provincial election well i think a significant number of calgarians have consistently over time said they don't want parties in municipal politics Mm -hmm. in calgary for a variety of reasons they want to focus on issues and on the um the candidates their character and things like that that's where they want their focus to be and they don't want the interference of um of bigger party politics into things because a lot of the issues at municipal level aren't particularly ideological. Right. I mean, and let's face it, even if you're talking about um, fiscal restraint, that's not something that's unique to conservatives, and conservatives run deficits sometimes. So there's not a sort of a slam-dunk ideological solution to a lot of these problems, and, and because there's a sort of a 
a manageable number of, of people and issues at the municipal level. I think Calgarians have, have indicated consistently, at least so far, that they, they prefer focusing on the candidates and the issues, and they don't want parties to muddy up the waters. Yeah, and so it'll be interesting, though, if the if this means it's a whole different picture when we have a provincial election in a couple of years. If well, um, the NDP are still concerned, that that decision will that that decision will depend on what's happening in two yeah. years. So I think if the election were held today, yeah, there's no question um, the United Conservative Party, uh, according to the polls, would would uh, win the election. But a lot can happen between now and the next election. Uh, much will depend on who the leader of the new party is. Um, how that campaign is run, how the economy is doing, whether the deficit is coming down, whether we've got pipeline action. Yeah. Um, a lot can happen in the next couple of years. Uh, there's no question it's a challenging time for any government. It wouldn't matter if it were NDP or Progressive Conservative or anything else right now. Governments have a hard time getting reelected when there are economic woes. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's no question that some people in this, this election were registering their frustration with other governments, too. For them, it was kind of a, their opportunity to register with their vote. Um, their dissatisfaction with what's been going on. But, but let's be realistic. You know, even if we went back to 2010 um, property um, tax rates, uh, that wouldn't mean we're going back to the num- the amount we were paying in 2010 because property values have gone up. So it's a much more complex issue than than can really be managed very effectively, at least in some of the forms that, that we were uh, hearing from during this election. Well, a lot can happen in a couple of years. A lot happened in the past month. Lori, thanks so much for this. Oh, thank you, Angela. Lori Williams, she's Associate Professor of Political Science at Mount Royal University. Let's take a break from news, and then let's throw it over to you. 403-974-8255. The day after, the night before. We're back after this.